0: Alright, so week one, or part one of Peace, Fruit of the Spirit, we're on peace this morning, and, and I just wanted to open up with a, a question. We hear peace all the time, right? We talk People talk about peace in a variety of different contexts. So what are some of the common uses of peace in conversations around you throughout the week?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I haven't heard that one, but hey. That's, yeah, that's, amen. Very good. Peace <laughs> and quiet. i just some peace and quiet. Peace and quiet, okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: No arguing. at peace with a
0: decision. Really at peace with Ooh, okay. Yeah. You make you make some decision in your life and and you feel at peace with it.
1: Peace okay. Be with you. try to pursue peace be with you.
0: Mhm. Peace be with you. Any other situations or contexts? Peace, yeah, it's kind of like a. Peace
1: out,
0: Yeah. Peace out, y'all. yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah. Well, yeah. you know. <laughs> <hippie era>. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like one of the the uh, core beliefs of that movement, you know, the, the hippie movement, for lack of a better name, I'm not sure what a better name for it would be, but yeah, just peace, man. It's, yeah. Why can't we always get along, right? War, yeah. Yeah. Peace. yeah, you got your peace sign and you've got it's a it's huge. It's a yeah. In the midst of a war, which we didn't have clarity about why we were in the war. on,
1: oh, Brock, do you remember that?
0: You see? I've seen pictures.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> see, there was a whole movement, and that, and that there. Are, That still exists today, right? When we talk about the wars that America has had a part in, there's a peace kind of a a contingent in the United States that thinks we should not have wars. We should have peace with everyone, or stay out of it, right? Mm -hmm. Anything else?
1: About the completion of a big task.
0: Okay. So after after you just. Accomplish something, yeah. you have peace. Finished harvest yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, it's peaceful now <laughs> yeah. after a stressful situation or a lot of work. Yeah. <clears throat> That's a good one. So, how how does the world seek peace? It's
1: very superficial.
0: Superficial. So, <clears throat> think of just some of those. I just want some peace and quiet. What, what do we? What do they do to get that peace and quiet? Put the kids <laughs>
1: outside.
0: Put the kids outside. Yeah, send send everybody away. Right. Go hunting. Go hunting. <laughs> golfing. Fishing. Whatever the hobby is. Mm-hmm.
1: Go away from everybody else. Yeah.
0: Withdraw yourself. Remove yourself from the situation.
1: Governmentally, the use of force.
0: <clears throat> okay. So. Elaborate.
1: So, like on a smaller <laughs> level, like if, uh, police officers are called out mm-hmm. to keep the peace. It's mm-hmm. via threat of force, either that they get a, that they would arrest someone or they would mm-hmm. have to detain someone or some other mm-hmm. fashion. Um, we had we're talking about wars and stuff between Vietnam and the Gulf War. We had. Like two or three peacekeeping operations that were—that's um, what they were called, like Panama Grenada things like that. Um, you look at the reaction to, um, you know, January sixth. After that, in the inauguration, it was a bunch of chain link fences and national guardsmen. Mm-hmm. And pieces kept through force, according right. to government. Yeah.
0: So there, there is a sense in which you—you, a good argument can be made that the. The military and police would be an, another branch that would keep the peace because left to ourselves we're not exactly peaceful creatures. Right? Um, so there are times when yeah, police officers have weapons and tasers and handcuffs for a purpose. They do protect using force and that is a way to keep peace. So you can force it in that sense. You can remove whatever is causing you to be not at peace by sending the kids outside or you leaving or something (coughs) of that nature, putting them on screens or putting yourself on screen. How should believers seek (coughs) peace?
1: Not be easily offended, overlook. (coughs) Overlook something.
0: Yeah, overlook wrongs or be slow to anger. Prayer. Kay. Prayer. Reconcile. Mm-hmm. So in the midst of conflict, you don't just leave. It doesn't really actually give you peace. Yeah. Anything else? I just was thinking
1: of the person John where it says, um, in this world you will have trouble, but I give you my peace so despite circumstances. Mm-hmm. I
0: Right, right. I think that's going to be a recurring theme throughout every aspect of the fruit of the Spirit that we talk about, is there is, there is a, an element to these things that these are present no matter what your circumstances are. Whether the kids are obeying or not. Whether work is going well or not. Whether you feel respected and valued or not. So those kinds of things in persecution and worse things. So in persecution and trials, and suffering. Those things should not take away our joy that we talked about last week, and it should not take away our peace that we'll talk about this week. So these kinds of things are based on the character and the the nature of God, not our circumstances, not even on our own self. We change, we mess up, and, and if we are trying to have peace and have joy, in ourselves, in our own efforts, that's not going to work either. So we have to orient our minds correctly. So, of course, our, we have Galatians 5.22 and 23 there. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. And it goes on. So we're, uh, we're at peace this week. Uh, and our objectives there are, are to consider a biblical understanding of peace. What does it mean? What does the Bible mean when, when it says have peace? Or be at peace, or pursue peace. What does that mean? And then we're going to explore the peace that is available to every believer. Okay, so let's let's take that first question. What is peace then? The word translated "peace" in Galatians 5:22 is a Greek word that I can't pronounce, but uh, and it can mean the absence of hostility and conflict, but it also can mean harmony in relationships, wholeness, uh, and whether that's in health or in other ways, um, and general well-being. Now, One author says that peace denotes the wholeness, soundness, and well-being that characterizes God and that God created in the world. As peace was broken due to human sin, such well-being constitutes the hope for ultimate restoration by God. So after reading that, what implications can we draw from this quote? For counseling people who have no peace. Someone comes to you. Worried, anxious, angry, sad. Variety of things. And, and they come down to just... They, they. There's no settledness. There's no peace in their lives. What do we need to direct them to? How should we counsel them?
1: The peace of God, was-
0: Philippians 4 mm-hmm. if, and this is something that I that struck me as, as I was reading that God himself is characterized by peace he is peace we'll read a scripture here in a little bit that says that and he created the world with a wholeness and a soundness and a, a, a goodness that you could call peace and then when we sin, when Adam and Eve sin, it an, it's actually an act of war and rebellion against God. That makes a lot of sense because we read in Scripture that you know, we are hostile. We are enemies of God. And who, who decided that? Was it just God just got angry one day and made us His enemies? No, we, we rebelled and rejected Him There were clear terms of peace, and Adam and Eve enjoyed that peace for a time. But then they rebelled. So, if somebody has no peace, the answer is not merely strategies for managing conflict. It's not merely, you know, go take a nap. although those two things can be, (laughs) those are going to be helpful. Mm -hmm. That is not the core of what's wrong. The core of what's wrong is they are at war with God. Mm -hmm. And you cannot have peace when you're in that state. If you're cherishing sin, rebellion, rejecting God, you're hanging on to it, you will not have peace. So we ask questions. We pray for them talk with them, we're patient, we're gentle but we have to pull that out draw that out why are you not having peace with God that's where we need to go first so let's look at a couple of these verses, I, I could ask for some volunteers, I'll read the first one Matthew 10, 34, and I just want you to think about that that word peace can have those different shades of meaning, so we're, we're going to just write down like maybe a word or two next to each of these um, verses and, and think, what, what is peace referring to here? <clears throat> Matthew 10, 34, I'll read it. It says, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. This is Jesus speaking, right? I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. <coughs> that seems like the opposite of it. Like, what is, what is going on there? What does peace mean Here.
1: That word came as a sword, and that defines who he is, and there's no peace outside of him. That's what he created it. Mm -hmm. And your question is how is this species used by the word? There's no no peace outside the word.
0: Yeah. So, what, so, yeah. So here, the, the the word peace is meaning the absence of fighting and conflict, right? Yeah. And Jesus says, "I didn't br- come to bring that." This isn't a situation where you are never going to have to fight. There's never going to be an absence, a complete absence of conflict. Now, there's a certain way that he's going to prescribe that we have the conflict, but he's not saying so he's not saying that peace is um, peace at all costs. Right. So right now next to that one, I would write um, absence of hostility or of fighting and that. And that's what he's meaning there. Now, peace. I didn't come to bring peace. Peace in what sense? In, In the sense of no fighting absence of conflict, absence of hostility. There's going to be people who are hostile to us. So I did not come for the whole world to hold hands and sing Kumbaya and everybody gets along and no fighting ever. There is a type of fighting that's going to happen. And it's spiritual. Right? So in that, in that verse though, peace that Jesus is talking about that he did not come to bring is the absence of Hostility. What about the next one? Can somebody read Mark five thirty
1: four? And he said to her daughter, "Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction."
0: Hmm. Go in peace. In this context, what is Jesus saying? there's an element of that there too for sure yeah what what does he say at the beginning what's the the first thing he said
1: that she's in Christ
0: Mm -hmm. right there's a, a restoration of peace with God he says your faith has made you well right can you read that again Perry
1: and he said to her daughter your faith has made you well Go in peace and be
0: healed of your affliction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's, there's a restoring to wholeness, for and I think primarily, your faith has made you well. So there's a spiritual healing and wholeness that is brought there, right? And then he also he heals her body. What about John sixteen thirty <coughs> three? I have said these things to you,
1: that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world.
0: This is the one that Chanel just referenced a little bit ago. What is Jesus saying here?
1: Well, that we've been reconciled to God through Christ, Mm -hmm. we have peace with God.
0: And Yeah, and there's a certain peace that we have even though there are other people outside who are not at peace with us. You will have tribulation. And
1: we're
0: not the world. Right. Are you what about Acts nine thirty one? it it does mean that they had peace from the, the authorities, they were not being persecuted they had peace and so they were comforted and the church grew a couple pages over Acts 12, 20
1: had been quarreling with the people of Tyre and Sidon they now joined together and sought an audience with him after securing the support of Blastus a trusted personal servant of the king they asked for peace because they depended on the king's country for their food supply
0: yeah so here people of Tyre and Sidon had done something to make Herod mad King Herod angry and so they they went to go ask for peace for favor from the king. And then we, if we were to read on, they uh, how did they seek to, to attain that peace? It's one that I don't think we mentioned earlier. Read in verse... 21, he says, And on an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes. He took his seat upon the throne and delivered an oration to them. And the people were shouting, The voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down, because he did not give God the glory. And he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. What do the people there and what do people today around us try to do to get peace Yeah. Instead of relying on God's on. word, they rely on themselves. Mm-hmm. What tactic are they using? Flattery. Flattery. Right? Oh. Yeah. So they, they're flattering the king to try and secure peace. It didn't go well with him <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, well. It might have gone okay with them, but not with Herod. <laughs> Okay. Romans 1.7 It's kind of a stand-in for all, all of Paul's letters. He says, To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. What kind of peace are we talking about here? Yeah, spiritual peace with God. Yeah, they're no longer enemies. you have peace with God because of what Christ has done. And I thought it was interesting. I'd I not really thought about this a whole lot, but in all of Paul's letters, and and really not just Paul, Peter says it, um, John says it in two of his letters too. He they say grace and peace. I mean, you can say a lot of things, uh, and you wonder like, why did Paul choose those two things? Why not like? You know, grace and power to you or something like grace and joy, grace and mercy to you. And I think that's just interesting that when we think about the whole point, what God is working through redemption history, we kind of got a glimpse of it in that quote early, is a restoration of peace, a state of peace where everything is whole and sound and right and good, no longer marred by sin. Saying grace, favor of God and peace, wholeness to you from God. spiritually, you're forgiven, you're no longer enemies. It ought to make us long for the day when Christ comes back and makes all things right. I think for time we're going to go ahead and skip this last two but just, it's the, the point is there's sometimes in scripture where he's talking about an absence of hostility, Sometimes he's talking about spiritual wholeness. There's sometimes when he's talking about health. Number six, is it possible to live in complete peace with all people? No. I see some heads shaking. Why not? And some people will not have peace. Some will not have peace. And, so and it just makes it impossible this side. I mean, right? so you can <coughs> run the swallows, do your best to be at peace with everyone. Yeah. It just depends on you. Mm-hmm. Some people just won't,
1: just like you're saying.
0: Right. And, that, and that's because the world is under the power of who? It's, it's, Satan. Satan, God, gonna have peace. <coughs> No, they're not. Satan is tirelessly and unendingly opposed to God. And always. So, how can a desire for peace lead us to wrong decisions and even sin?
1: If we're willing to compromise to try and get that peace. Mm-hmm. I mean, we should never be seeking out conflict, but it's, like was said, um, the gospel of confrontational and sometimes we have to talk about those tough confrontational subjects in a kind way mm-hmm. but we can try but there's always going to be a possibility of tensions rising mm-hmm.
0: yeah so if our desire for peace overrides the desire to uh, and the, the command from God to share his truth like God doesn't have like different ways that you can have peace with God we're going to Find that out soon. There is one way to have peace with God. And if you don't like that way, then you're not going to have peace with God. And if we compromise that and say, well, maybe uh, I don't know your heart, and I don't know, which, I mean, there's a kernel of truth in those things. But if we're going to compromise the truth that God has clearly said in His Word, this is how you have peace with God, this is how you are to have peace with other people, we compromise that, we are sinning
1: we usually get in trouble when it's our peace that we're
0: seeking Mm -hmm.
1: and not peace with God. Yeah,
0: that's a great distinction. We have to to distinguish between peace as in just easy for me, convenient, nice for me, and peace, wholeness, soundness, rightness. It's not going to be easy all the time. In fact, it's rarely going to be easy, but... So, to summarize, uh, everyone wants peace. We would love to live with an enduring sense of wholeness and absence of conflict and general well-being and tranquility. This is not the experience of most people we interact with. Here on a Sunday morning, in church together, we should be people characterized by peace. We enjoy peace with God, peace among one another, peace in the midst of trouble and trials, and we should experience a taste of heaven on earth in that way so it is one important reason why sundays ought to be our favorite day of the week we come to worship the god of peace who extends peace to his people both individually and also among one another so let's talk about those different aspects of peace available to the believer point number three there is a vertical peace, and this is going to be peace with god right the first and most important aspect of peace in scripture is our need for peace with god If we do not have peace with God, there is no chance of true peace. To answer the question, why don't we have a sense of peace in our communities? Or why is there such hostility or fear or anxiety? We need to look no further than the hostility of sin against the Creator. Romans one, go ahead and turn to Romans chapter one. I didn't put all the verses in there because it's already six pages. So Romans one, starting eighteen. If you skip down to 2, chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil, the Jew first and also the Greek. But glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, to the Jew first and also the Greek. So according to Paul, why don't we have peace Sin. We've rejected God. We've made ourselves enemies of God. Right? What's going to be the result? Trials and tribulations.
1: Mm-hmm. <coughs> Distress for every soul. Man, mm-hmm. he does evil. Yeah.
0: Verse eight, I should have backed up a verse in chapter two. But for those who are self seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. Tribulation and distress for those who do evil. What should we expect from God? Well we from that text, we expect his wrath. We should. We ought to. What do we get? Amazing thing is, we get Christmas, right? We get, we get angels and a multitude of heavenly hosts singing to, uh, singing to the Lord in front of a bunch of shepherds. Glory to God in the highest and, and on earth, peace among those with whom He is pleased. We get an offer of peace from God. And we, that makes n- no sense.
1: We got grace instead of grace and peace. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. We should expect wrath. And he gives us the offer of peace. (laughs) Ephesians 1, 3-6 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us and the beloved. So, what has God done to make peace with us versus what people do typically to make peace? Think about what Typical people. If you if you are in in conflict with someone who's at work or something, how do they want to make peace? What do we have to do? Give them their way. Yeah, give them the way. Give them, give their, them way. their way. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a little bit of groveling, some sackcloth and ashes. If you if you seem sorry enough, we can have peace. Or if you give me my way, we can have peace. Typically, the world will wait for the other party to make the first step. And probably the second and third. Thing. But what does God do?
1: He does everything required to make peace. Yeah. We're the enemy. Mm-hmm. We're the transgressors. Yeah. He does everything possible for that peace. While we were that sinner.
0: Christ died for us. Yeah. Yep. That's what I was just about to get. Romans 5 is God did not wait for us to say sorry or to offer an olive branch to make the first move toward the peace while we were still sinners, while we were weak. Christ died for us. But if they cause you to break your
1: conviction, you call
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We should make sense?
1: Yeah. So, the olive
0: branch. We'll do some. We'll do some uh, scenarios next week. Maybe and talk about how. Do, how do you work through that when somebody wants you to compromise to have peace? That'll be a good one. I
1: think one of the other contrasts is God did all of this before we existed, before the foundations of the world. It's predestined. It was already done. And in contrast, people tend to run around scenarios in their head even after the conflict is passed mm-hmm. and there is supposed peace. I should have said this, I should have done this. Mm-hmm. This
0: could have gone differently. Yeah. We might say peace, but maybe we don't really mean it. God means it. It's done. It's settled. Good. Let's look at Colossians one, nineteen through twenty-two. For in him, in Christ, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven making peace by the blood of his cross and you who once were alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him how has peace been achieved between God and his people blood of the
1: cross,
0: blood of the cross. Christ laid down his life to reconcile his people to God. Romans 5.1, this is the result. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. So how do we access this peace with God? By faith. By faith. Exactly. By faith. Believing, trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is incredible grace and mercy and love. We get peace with God. The restoration of harmony, wholeness, the removal of hostility, the forgiveness of our rebellion. There's, more, there's no more important state to be in than the state of peace with the God of the universe. But God's grace and kindness does not stop there. He then offers us his peace in our own experience. You know, for his inner peace. And that's point number four. Judges, this is an interesting um, story with Gideon. Judges 6, 22 through 24. Gideon perceived that he was, that he, the angel, the angel was the angel of the Lord. And Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace be to you. Do not fear; you shall not die. And then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, "The Lord is peace." And to this day, it still stands in Ophrah, which belongs to the rites. So, what does it mean for God to be the God of peace? <coughs> Yeah. He is characterized by this wholeness and soundness. There's nothing lacking in him. He's the God of peace. And then he offers that to us. In John fourteen twenty seven, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Just think about this for a moment. What kind of peace does Jesus have? You think? Perfect peace. Perfect peace. Okay. Like, yeah. peace. Yeah, but why? Why does he have perfect peace? Because he's not afraid. Mm-hmm. Why is he not afraid? His heart is not troubled either. Be troubled. Why was? Why was his heart not troubled? Does he trust in God? He trusts his Father. He knows the plan. He is God. He can do all things. He knows what's going to happen. Those, Those are like the antidote to all the fears that we have, right? All of the trouble if we are fearful in need of peace it's because we don't know what's going to happen we don't feel like we can have any kind of a success or victory or relief from whatever the thing is but God Jesus Christ himself he knows all of those things and he has perfect peace and he offers that to us does that mean we're going to know what comes next no, not not specifically. I don't know how the career is going to work out, or my children are going to turn out. I don't know how um, people are going to treat me in the future. I don't know all of those things. Do I have to know to have perfect peace? Not if I know who God is and I have peace with Him. All of these things kind of relates to our discussion of joy in the last couple of weeks. What is our joy centered on? What is our peace centered on? First and foremost, it's God, His character, and His goodness. He's sovereign. He's the one in control. Why are you experiencing the trials you're experiencing now? Mm-hmm. On purpose. It's not an accident. For the believer... Every trial is custom made for you. Every person who is difficult in my life is put there by God for my good. Not because God's angry with me, he wants to punish me, but because he is making me like Christ. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And, And what is his purpose? We are being made into Christ's image. And that requires sometimes difficult people. It requires difficult circumstances to get our eyes off of things of this world that we think are going to give us peace and get us onto the Lord who will actually give us peace. So in the midst of all those various kinds of trials, to have Christ's peace, what would that look like? That difficult relationship, how do we respond? It's kind of a rhetorical question. It's the things that we're thinking about at work, when things are not going well. failure, a setback, didn't get a promotion, didn't get the job that I wanted, didn't get the recognition I felt like I deserved, I was disrespected, overlooked. On and on we can go, what would it look like to have Christ's peace? How did Jesus deal with insults and persecution, disrespect? That's the kind of peace that we ought to have. Someone references, I think Jack maybe referenced this earlier. Um, Philippians four six through7, Do not be anxious about anything but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. How do we access God's peace according to Philippians 4?
1: Parents, supplication, with thanksgiving. Can just ask, put a request made to the one who has got the answer?
0: Yeah. We refuse to sit in our anxiety and let our wheels spin and spin and spin in fear of what might happen in the future. And we take it to the Lord. And we thank Him for all the ways that He's been faithful up to this point. And as we pray and thank the Lord and make our request, He gives us peace.
1: I am praying really put ourselves in to, to <clears> the <throat> Yeah.
0: It's an acknowledgement, yeah who can do something about this God. God and if he doesn't take it away what is he doing in it something good he's making us like Christ and he's he is getting glory somehow in it isaiah twenty six three Therefore, 4 you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you trust in the Lord forever for the Lord God is an everlasting rock what's the role of faith in experiencing the peace of God in our lives when we're counseling one another and, and one of us if I'm, I'm telling you I just I don't, I don't have any peace right now why is that according to that verse in Isaiah those two verses I'm not trusting God. A lot of times we know. We know the answer, right? We, we know the answer. I need to trust the Lord. I know that he give me, gives me these things to walk through. He's trying to make me like Jesus and he'll get glory. But I just don't like it still. A lot of times for us in here, when we're counseling one another, a big problem is we are not just trusting in God.
1: I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, so when people would say that to me, like, "Well, you're not trusting the Lord," that word "trust" was really hard for me to like. What does that mean? But when you when you say, "Is your mind stayed on the Lord? Mm-hmm. Are you thinking about the things of God? Are you you know?" Then that gives you something to like something physical. I can go and mm-hmm. do these things remember these things in scripture and then it will help me trust because mm-hmm. it's really hard to like work up trust in yourself mm-hmm. you know like I'm going to trust I'm going to trust mm-hmm. And instead of like I'm going to think on the things of God
0: Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. to trust to trust God you have to think about him and that, I think that, that is sometimes the trouble can you get your mind onto the Lord and not onto the problem or on my desired outcome in the problem like, I may never get the job that I wanted, or I never never get the the position or the what fill in the blank the, the thing that I really think I need to have peace. I may never get, and will I trust God anyway? I mean, I I get stuck there sometimes. Like, am I going to trust God with this? Like really trust Him? Like if He decides not to give that to me? Or to take this away from me? Who decides not to do that? Am I going to have peace in Him? And it's, it's a very difficult thing to do. It's, it's difficult because we want control. We want to work it to where I do get the thing that I want. The circumstances that I feel that I need. But
1: He'll keep giving us opportunities to to be to
0: and why? Why will he do that? Be like he, he loves us. us to be like him. Yeah. And and he knows perfectly that that is <laughs> what brings peace and joy. Is for us to be like Christ. I think there's a sense, too, to remember that who it is. So God is reliable, and trust is something that we do. I mean, But if the object is reliable, then that makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. Our trust can Mm falter, But is he trustworthy to be -hmm. reliable? Yeah. Part of that is when we we think about Philippians 4, we make the request, how? With thanksgiving, because he has been reliable. He has been there. He's not failed us before. And that is part of what what helps us... brings us the peace of God. He's not, I'm here. He's not left me yet. He promised me He will never leave me. There's peace there. Like I, oh, okay, settled. I'm settled. And as I'm thinking about that and not about the thing that I want or the thing that's happening that I don't want, then that's that's where the peace of God guards my heart and my mind. I start to be Tended to desire this thing no nope. God is faithful he doesn't guarantee that I'm going to have that I have him and that's enough so leads us to horizontal peace. So we have peace with God an amazing amazing gift that he offers through Christ faith in Christ. We have his peace offered to us. We will stay our minds on Christ trust him and his character Then we have horizontal peace which is peace with other people we have a couple of minutes. Let's go ahead and read a couple of these verses. Romans 12.18. Someone already referenced this one. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. And then Hebrews 12:14, strive for peace. Work hard for peace with everyone. And for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. So according to those two verses. How should we value peace amongst ourselves?
1: Should high of
0: Yeah. <coughs> if possible. Sometimes I use that phrase and just like, and it's just like eh, if it's possible, eh, you know, one way or the other, take it or leave it. But that's not what he's talking about here. If possible, meaning like if it is possible at all. So far as it depends on you do everything that depends on you in your words, in your actions, in your thinking, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably. And then Hebrews 12, strive for peace with everyone that you like.
1: Nope.
0: Strive for peace with people who treat you well. No, strive for peace with everyone and for holiness without which no one will see the Lord.
1: I also think it's worth mentioning that there's a peace looks different between Christian to Christian and Christian to non-Christian. I think there needs there's more of a reconciliation reconciliatory nature when you're working Christian to Christian because you know you're both children of God, you're both kingdom inhabitants. Mm. So there's more there's more of a need to actually, you know, meet with that person and you know, repent of any sins that might be on your place. But sometimes peace with the world is just, I'm not going to approach that, mm-hmm. and you're not going to come after me. We're not going to have this ill will, and we're just going to leave mm-hmm. things the way they are.
0: Yeah, and I think it'd be really important, even in those situations, which are more difficult, right? Because they don't, they don't love the Lord necessarily, and they might even actively not like you, right? They're, they're, there's something wrong, obviously. We really have to search really carefully and diligently to see. If there is anything that depends on me here, and if there's not, then yeah, we, I mean, there's there's a limit to this. There's a limit to what I can do with someone who just hates me.
1: And then, also, as far as like, how should we value peace amongst ourselves? Um, if you look at the beatitudes, being a peacemaker mm-hmm. is something that is blessed by God. What you get called the, you get called sons of God mm-hmm. if you are peacemakers. So I think if it's in the beatitudes and it's yeah. Probably, very important. Yeah. To be, to be at peace with. Me. What has
0: God done to make peace with us? Everything. Yeah. We're going to stop there. We'll have a couple of practical things that we'll talk about as we wrap up this uh, this lesson next week, and then we'll go into um, how do we grow in peace. Thank you, everybody.